0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Show. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Chris Hollifield, the co-founder, co-host, and producer of I Am Salt Lake. How are you doing today, Chris?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for, uh, for bringing me to your show, man.
0: Absolutely. The pleasure's all mine. Let's jump right in. No more dilly-dallying. What is your story?
1: What is my story? Uh, as far as podcasting, is that kind of what your story in life? I guess just life. what is my story? Well, my story in life, I mean, I'll give you kind of, I'll bring it all in with podcasting and with life, how I ended up here in Utah, all of that. Uh, well, first of all, let's see. I was born in Southern California, Ventura, California. I moved to Utah when I was 15, 16 years old but I hated it, right? Like I was just like, no, I don't wanna live here. This place is horrible. But being under the age of 18, I stuck it out. And I actually took off. I actually moved out to the East Coast when I was like 18 years old. I'm like, I am out of Utah. I hated it here, believe it or not. And then now I do a podcast about this place, go figure. Moved out to Pennsylvania. I lived out there for about six years, but I came back to Salt Lake eventually. uh, I was with a girl out there we broke up, my heart was broken, so as any good son does, they come crying back to their mom, and they say, Mom, save me, be my savior, and through this rough time. But I told myself, I go, if I move back to Utah, I'm gonna live in Salt Lake City, like right downtown Salt Lake City, because at my mom and at that time, they all lived like an hour outside of Salt Lake City. So I'm like, if I'm gonna do Utah, let me do Salt Lake City. So." To kind of fast forward a little bit here, it was probably, I'm going to jump into my podcasting, kind of how I got introduced to podcasting, because all that rest of it, that is kind of uh, boring to hear. Uh, It was about 2010, 2011, some friends that I met through some other friends, they were always talking about this podcast they were doing, and this is like nine years ago, right? I'm like, what's a podcast? I mean, people are still asking that today, so... It was even worse nine years ago. And I started asking them, like, what is this thing you keep talking about, this podcast? And they kind of told me, and I'm like, well, that's just like talk radio. I love it. I love talk radio. They were doing a podcast uh, about comic books and geek movies. They still do the podcast today, Geek Show. Shout out to them if they're listening or watching. Anyway, it just seemed like a really awesome thing that they were doing and I was like I want to do a podcast but again like everybody asks themselves what do I do a podcast about right like that's all our question that we're always asking uh when we're about ready to launch a show and at that time Salt Lake City we weren't getting a lot of uh, comedians and big famous people through the city and Computer technology, in my opinion, wasn't as good as it is today. So I didn't want to do like Skype interviews or, or over computer. There really, really wasn't a lot of choices. So it was like, do them in person or over Skype. And so I was like, I want to do an in-person podcast, but what can I do it about? I was at the downtown farmer's market. We have this downtown farmer's market right downtown Salt Lake City every Saturday, all throughout the entire summer. And it's just full of all these local businesses and it hit me I was like why don't I interview these people these people are doing awesome things they probably have incredible stories I could do the podcast in person and I can meet cool people along the way right so I start telling this idea to people and I quickly get shot down quickly told nobody's gonna listen you know your audience is gonna be so small you know not A lot of people don't listen to podcasts. And then when you only do a podcast about Salt Lake City, that's going to even, you know, make it harder for for people to find you or for people to listen. And uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Dave Jackson over at School of Podcasting. I don't know if you ever listened to his podcast, Ben. Uh, But one of the things he taught me through his podcast listening is even if you only have an audience of 30 people, that's the size of a classroom. And if you think about it, like that's a lot of people, right? So I'm like, well, shoot, even if only 20 or 30 people listen to this podcast, it's gonna be amazing. So I I started, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I could carry my iPhone. Actually, this is this is how I was gonna record my interviews, was on my iPhone. And just to give you a little bit of an idea, the technology at that time, it was an iPhone 4. So it was like way before they've Done any magical things with iPhones. And I just thought I could walk around downtown Salt Lake and walk into a business and interview them. I didn't know anything about setting up interviews. I didn't even know like good formats for an interview. I didn't know any of the proper things of it. And obviously, I figured it out very quickly that you can't try to interview somebody during business hours because they would keep getting interrupted by uh, customers. So I kind of had to quickly teach myself everything. There really wasn't podcasts stuff out there like there is today, Facebook groups, and and I don't even know face. Facebook, I guess Facebook was around, but it wasn't used like it is today. And so, yeah, I just, trial and error, man. When I started I Am Salt Lake, I did two episodes a week, because I thought that's what you were supposed to do, and then I realized that there is no really, you know, supposed tos, and here I am uh, almost seven years later, Rocking and rolling. I mean, I've gotten Best of Utah awards with doing the podcast. I mean, I've gotten invited on, you know, uh, to do commercials for for local businesses. Uh, I mean, it's just opened up so many amazing opportunities. And the point of of mentioning those opportunities is goes back to the beginning when I'm told it was a horrible podcast idea. And so, I don't know. That that was kind of a I, I, I feel like I was all over the place with that story. So hopefully, it made a little bit of sense. But, uh, yeah. I don't, did that answer some of your question there?
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's jump back, actually, into <laughs> your childhood. Oh. oh yeah. What sort of family were you raised in? You mentioned um, how you you mentioned your mom at one point after the breakup, but what was life like for you as a kid?
1: So life for me as a kid. I mean, if we if we're going to get real and honest here. Uh, I had an interesting childhood. I was homeschooled my entire life. So that was really important to my mom. I wasn't a big fan of it because I, I always wanted to go to like public school because that was where my friends were. But it was important to my mom. Religion was very important to my mom. So that was, again, why she wanted to homeschool because to her, it was more important to say, read the Bible versus do math. Okay, that's great. I mean, it's... It is what it is, but it was one of those things that I had no control over as a young child because obviously what, what your parents say goes. But one thing my mom instilled in me is that drive, of, of the, that entrepreneur drive, because my mom, that was, that was in my mom. She was, to her, it was important to stay at home with my brother and I. And so she was always looking for these like little side hustles. And these little businesses that she could do from home, and so growing up, I was always watching that, and I was always seeing what she was doing. And even though she, you know she got caught up in Amway and and a lot of those pyramid multi level marketing stuff, but there was there was something exciting about that as a young child watching your mom. Because I grew up, my my mom, my parents were divorced. If uh, you didn't kind of catch that, just uh, of that story, but. Uh, so I, I was watching my mom kind of, you know, push herself and try new things, try new business ideas, and constantly be trying that. And so as I got kind of older, that was instilled in me. And so that's why I've always been trying new things and trying new business ventures and trying new uh, entrepreneur things like that. So yeah.
0: So it seemed like you had a really strong relationship with your mom. Um, What was your relationship like with your dad, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Well, it was virtually non-existent. uh, And that really wasn't, as as I've gotten older in in life, I found out through uh, some other family members and through some of my other siblings that were from his side of the family uh, that my dad always wanted a relationship with me but it was kind of my mom that kept me from him. So, but even even down to that, it's like, yeah, I have my own beef with my mom for that, for kind of keeping my dad away from me. But at the same time, she was just doing what she thought you needed to do. Now, since then, my dad's passed away about five years ago or so. And so that, uh, obviously, that relationship was never able able to uh, continue. It, It kind of continued a little bit in my 30s. But it really wasn't that strong because it was one of those things It's like, where do you pick up when you had so many years where you weren't in each other's life? And even though I think both of us wanted to be in each other's life, we didn't know what to, uh, how, to, how to restart that.
0: How about your siblings? What was the dynamic between your, uh, your various siblings?
1: So I, I grew up, uh, I had an older brother and a younger sister that I actually grew up with even though i had i have other siblings i just growing up it was always my brother and my sister and that's that was kind of just the way it was and as i'm older now it's i mean i do have to acknowledge my brothers and sisters especially who knows they might be listening to this right so i want to tell them i love them too it's just the way i grew up and and that was my dynamic so my older brother was kind of like my father figure right like he taught me a lot of things on on life and I always looked up to him and I admired him. I mean, he got me into skateboarding and punk rock and, and tattoos and growing a beard. You know, we both have big beards now. And I mean, he's, he's always been, I've always looked up to him. Still to this day, I do. And it's really cool because I actually have our podcast studio is in his shop uh, in the back of it. So he, he opened up a, a vape shop, uh, like e-cigarettes, uh, the electronic cigarette shop here in Salt Lake City. And when he opened that up, he's like, hey, let's let's put a podcast studio in there for you in the back. I have this extra room. And so it was just really cool. So it's really cool to go record podcasts there. I'm not not recording out of there today. I'm at home today, but uh, it's just really cool to to see him admire what I do, because I've always admired what he does. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to, to grow up together. And my younger sister, she's like nine years younger than I am. so it." we never have had like a crazy good relationship, but it's really cool because uh, I, I have a baby, a, a one and a half year old little baby daughter, and she had a set of twins or twins, a boy and a girl that are three months younger than my daughter. So it's been able to, it's been fun to see those kids and, and kind of get closer to uh, my sister that way uh, with the kids.
0: so, When it came to being raised and your brother kind of being this role model for you, did y'all talk about you know the these kinds of things? Did y'all talk about the family? Like, what was your what was your day to day like? Who were who were you really? uh, Who who were you as a kid? Like, what did you like to do?
1: Oh gosh, as a kid, uh, well, I mean, I I I like to skateboard a lot. Yeah, that was a big part of my, I'd say probably ten years old on to into my twenties. Then when I got in my twenties, I had a lot of jobs that didn't have insurance, so it was kind of one of those things to stop skateboarding, and even back to skiing and snowboarding. I think that was a big deterrent on that as well. We were talking about that, I believe it was off the recording. But as a kid. A lot of skateboarding music was really important to me. I, went, I started going to a lot of uh, uh, live concerts at a very young age, like 13 years old. My brother uh, started taking me with him to that. And growing up in Southern California, I mean, we were going to L.A. and San Diego. Uh, younger than that, I mean, I, would, I, I don't really know. I, well, here's a fun fact. I, <laughs> actually, what kind of kid was I, Ben? You kind of got something out of me here. I, I used to want to go to clown college. I used to do birthday party clown shows. There's a fun fact about me that I haven't thought about for a little while. Uh, All through my teens, I was uh, very, I I I was like, where am I going to go to college? I'm going to go to clown college. And so I started doing birthday party clown shows for the neighborhood. And then people started passing my cards out and started getting jobs and making balloon animals and doing magic tricks. I was having a lot of fun, but. So, I was like 16, 17, 18 years old doing this, but then I got involved with animal rights and all of that whole scene the vegan animal rights. And so it was like, well, you can't go join Clown College now because that would involve you having to work for the circus. And if you're into animal rights, you're not going to go work for the circus. And I know this sounds crazy, probably to your listeners, that somebody would even consider this, but I was genuinely. Considering joining the circus, more or less, by, by going to clown college. So, yeah, gosh, I haven't shared that with too many people, and it's fun. I mean, I don't. It's obviously not a secret, but it's just something I haven't shared.
0: What attracted you to that? <laughs> like, yeah, why? Clowns, why were you right? Why yeah.
1: clowns? Well, <laughs> I, well, I could. I, I, I was. I was ten years old. I remember it to this day. I was ten years old, and I watched a special. On TV, it was like the 20th anniversary of Clown College, and it was hosted by Dick Van Dyke. It was on the television. I recorded it on my VHS tape, and I just watched this over and over, and I loved watching these clowns and these, you know, Dick Van Dyke. I mean, I still love the guy. I was watching him make people laugh, and I was just watching him be silly, and that was just always something I've enjoyed doing is making people laugh, entertaining them trying to let them have that escape for just a moment from their day. And so at 10 years old, I, I, I was like, wow, this is cool. I could, I could make this a job. And I started just kind of teaching myself how to do it. And then I got involved in 4-H. And 4-H had some clown stuff and that, some classes or something, as I'm trying to kind of remember, spark my memory here. But it was just kind of, I think it was just that entertainer part of me. And then again, that entrepreneur side being like, oh, I can make money from this too.
0: Do you feel like the things that you did preparing for Clown College and and going down that route, do you think those skills that you've learned have contributed to your success as a podcaster?
1: Absolutely. 100%. I've always been the type that's not afraid to push the limits, not afraid to try new things, not afraid to kind of go outside the norm. And as a podcaster, I think that's why I've been as successful as I have with doing a podcast about Salt Lake City, because I'm not afraid to try new things. So often, uh, I see this in Facebook groups a lot where people they just want to hear how it's worked for other people like oh well how have you grown an audience and it's like well why not try something out of your own head on how to grow an audience right like i mean we've done things i mean even down to we had a billboard for for our podcast right like on the side of i-15 and it was like why not try it to see if this helps us grow an audience and it was good i mean it wasn't incredible but it was it was fun and I think sometimes people don't think about those things of like, oh, I could do a live show inside a bar and charge people 5 or $10 to come and see me record a podcast, or I could put, a, put stickers up. I mean, there's so many ideas, and, and I think that's important as podcasters to have a successful show is to go outside the norm.
0: When you, I believe you said, went from – this desire for clown college into (laughs) more of an animal rights stance that was seemed like yeah yeah like animal
1: rights vegan you know try to save the animals
0: what was the like where did that come from why why the pivot
1: uh well i was very involved with like just wanting to kind of keep my body clean right like I didn't, I didn't do drugs, didn't drink, none of that stuff. I was just into, I had, I had some friends that were very, uh, they were a big influence for, from me back to the skateboarding, back to the punk rock. They were just all involved with the whole like drug free. Let's, let's keep our bodies pure. I, I think it was more of a statement too, right? Like we saw so many other peers of ours that were getting caught up with drinking at a young age and drugs at a young age and we were like well no we know that that stuff is bad for us but yet we didn't want to be called uh you know we didn't want to be look like we were you know we wanted to be still cool people right so we kind of put on this hard image and you know we said no to drugs but then a lot of us went further and started doing the vegetarian life started doing the vegan life and me, I'm always like the type that I have to go the extra mile. I always have to go further than everybody else. So I'm like, I'm going to be vegan. And, you know, I'm not going to wear leather shoes. I'm not going to wear, you know, I'm not going to eat honey. I'm not going to drink milk. I'm not going to do any of this, this stuff. And I don't know where that comes from. I think it's just kind of a I'm, a, I'm a, I'm an extremist. I like the shock value, I think, too. And I just like to see how far I could go.
0: So, are you still like that? I mean, do you still um, maybe practice veganism? Is that I'm not sure what the right way to say that?
1: Yeah, no, uh, actually, no, I'm very much the opposite. I, uh, so <laughs> about a, a little over a year ago, uh, well, so I stopped being vegan in my mid 20s. I just stopped completely. I was like, I, I saw myself kind of getting a little weird in the head. I didn't vacuum my carpet because I didn't want to kill the dust mites and I would yell at my friends for making macaroni and cheese in my pots and pans and so I'm like okay hey, this is a little bit too much so I just completely stopped being vegan now it's funny because about a year and a year and a half ago I started doing the keto diet which I don't know if you're familiar with keto which is like tons of meat <laughs> so it's funny because here I am talking about being vegan and saving the animals and now my diet consists of a lot of uh, eggs and bacon and and hamburger and so it's just really funny a lot of a lot of animal products now
0: so when you say that you were like an extremist and you always wanted to like take it to that to that next, <laughs> next level um I, I really don't think i've ever heard um of anybody not vacuuming their carpet to protect the dust mites I, I, think I, mean, it's, I, awesome. I
1: it's, it's funny man like now i can laugh at it i mean it's a little sad I like, I wouldn't want to leave the house because if I drove my car, my rubber tires had bone marrow in it from animals. And so it was like, I felt like I was never doing good enough, right? Like instead of being happy with what you have or how your diet is going or whatever, it was like, I kind of started isolating myself. And I was like, I can't go out anywhere because I can't trust the food that's out there. I can't drive in these cars that are made from animal products that so basically I can't exist. And I mean, I was, I was ready to go into a mental hospital. I mean, if you really want to dig deep and I was just like, no, I gotta, I gotta step back from this. This is not the best way to live, but you know, here I am 20 years later. And I mean, I'm 41 now and I can look back at it and laugh and just say, okay, I learned a lot from that time in my life and it's helped create who I am right now.
0: What was that moment where you were like, whoa, this has gone, you know, way farther than I thought it would. I need to, I need to make a change. I need to do something differently. What was that turning point for you?
1: Uh, From my memory, if my memory serves me correctly, it was when I got mad at my roommate's girlfriend for making macaroni and cheese in, in one of my pots and pots uh, my pots and pans set and I was so upset because I was like I just bought this and cheese hasn't touched it and he was if I'm not if I'm not mistaken if he's listening he might correct me on this if I'm not mistaken he was ready to move out because of this I because I just went crazy and I was like I can't live this way this isn't like I I don't know why at that moment I stepped back but I just remember being like, I am chasing everybody away. And the whole idea of saving the animals, like these animals, like I love them. I love animals still. I mean, obviously everyone, you know, but I was like, I gotta save myself here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up in the funny farm. I'm gonna end up crazy in the head without any friends just because I can't be accepting of somebody else's
0: lifestyle. Let's talk about podcasting, right? Because you mentioned how you, you kind of had a few jobs here and there and you were always starting stuff or trying different business ventures. What were some of those, uh, I guess, milestones in your career that led up to podcasting?
1: As far as like other jobs that I've had or?
0: Yeah, jobs, businesses, whatever entrepreneurial pursuits you've had.
1: Well, in my so, so I'm trying to think here how to word this. So, for about three to four years in my uh, mid 20s, I think it was, I used to be a full time eBay seller where I'd go to estate sales and uh, garage sales and thrift stores and find vintage clothing, usually old concert t-shirts, old Levi's, old jackets, old cowboy boots, stuff like that. And I would buy them and then resell them on eBay. And at that time, especially, that was a really uh, lucrative business. And I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, I've never really thought of the correlation of how to correlate that to podcasting. But I think, again, it goes back to thinking outside the box on ways to create an income and ways to funnel an audience into uh, what you're doing. And so then I I got involved with MySpace. I don't know uh, how old you are, if if you had a MySpace or not. But I I made a a MySpace group for around like with my vintage clothing, like vintage clothing lovers. And so I'd always be trying to, uh, you know, guide people from the, the MySpace page over to my eBay auctions because I figured, well, if I can get more eyes onto my eBay auctions, my clothes could sell more. And so I think a lot of that, I mean, gosh, even after listening to that now, isn't that kind of what we do with our podcast? Like, let's post it on a link on Facebook and then get people over to listen to our podcast. So, um, gosh, I don't know. My mind kind of got sidetracked there. <laughs> um, what was your original question? Just kind of what 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 uh what businesses and what things kind of led me into podcasting is that
0: yeah like some of those milestones or you know just maybe fill no. in those gaps between you know when you were younger Where,
1: yeah 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 I mean I've, I've always had just no jobs I really had ever kind of was lined me up for podcasting uh I, I mean I actually had a really horrible job up up until uh, about a year and a half ago, up through a big majority of my podcasting, uh, I worked at a warehouse selling granite slabs. Just just a dirty, yucky warehouse, way underpaid, uh, working with horrible uh, coworkers, people that put me down every day, making me feel worthless. But for some reason, I stuck that out for a lot, like, well, 11 years. So I'm not sure why I was there for 11 years, a bit embarrassed of that, but I did. Um, I, honestly, I, I, can't, I, I can't really think of a ton of, uh, of uh, milestones other than, than just podcasting in general.
0: So it seems like you were selling on eBay. Yeah. You, you were doing some MySpace stuff. You then worked in, uh, in the warehouse selling granite? Selling
1: granite. Granite mm-hmm. slabs, like big countertops. We didn't do any of the cutting. We just sold it. So I I would help customers come in and select their countertops and uh, nothing special, nothing special there.
0: And so during that time, I believe you said about maybe seven or eight years ago, you you started your podcast. So maybe you could take us through those initial steps when you started um, to really start getting traction.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started, it was... it the first episode was launched in august of 2012 that was the very first episode i didn't know what i was doing but again back to what i was saying in the beginning i knew i wanted to do a podcast i knew i wanted to do one in person and i was listening to a lot of podcasts like mark maron wtf the nerdist a comedy interview based podcast and they were all doing two episodes a week so i figured if they do it that way, that's the way I need to do it. And I just, I just start. I started reaching out to anybody and everybody at the time, just kind of bringing whoever would interview me. Basically, trying to build some street cred because a lot of people didn't know what a podcast was. They never heard of I Am Salt Lake, and so I knew I had to build a little bit of a catalog up. And so I was just kind of interviewing anybody and everybody. I didn't really care. I wasn't out to make money. I was just out to have fun. I thought it'd be great. It was one of those things, honestly, that everybody told me that, hey, if you're good enough, sponsors will start hitting you up. And so I was like, well, if I become good enough, maybe a sponsor will get me. But that wasn't necessarily uh, my main goal. And I just started interviewing people and I started uh, having a lot of fun about a year into doing the podcast. I went through a divorce. This is where it can get kind of spicy and fun. I went through a divorce um, and it was one of the darkest times in my life. It was, it was a very, I'm 35 years old at this time and I felt like, wow, now what do I do? But since I was doing a podcast, I figured, hey, this is a great way to meet new people in Salt Lake City, to get my mind off all this horrible stuff going on in my life. And I was actually, it's funny, because I, 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 I needed to get out of the, the place I was living, obviously, with my ex-wife. And I just moved into a tiny little studio apartment. And I was doing my podcast right there in my studio apartment. I mean, it was tiny here, Ben. I mean, it was like 200 square feet, but I didn't care because I was just like, I love doing this podcast. I want to meet people. I wasn't out to impress anybody. I'm like, I'm just trying to spend time for myself. So to kind of go forward, I mean, I started getting recognition from different city awards and different uh, local newspapers saying, you know, uh, best podcast in Utah. And so that obviously I start getting excited there. I start developing relationships with some of the local businesses. Uh, I did a lot of trade sponsorships in the beginning where they would give me product. If I talked about them on the podcast, and I'm, so I'm like, oh, wow, you know, this doing this show, it really can turn into something. Uh, and <sighs> Gosh, I could give you seven years of history here. Uh, but yeah, so I'm trying to, think, trying to think where to go with that conversation. I mean, I just kept going and going and going. And then actually, I don't know if you want to get into my wife my, my wife now, Chrissy, who co-hosts the podcast with me. She, Because I started the podcast by myself, but now my, my wife now, Chrissy, she co-hosts it with me. So I I mean I could share that kind of that story of how she got involved with the podcast.
0: I want to hear it all, brother. Let it rip. To...
1: <laughs> well, okay. So I feel like I, I I'm not I'm not good on the, to be on the other side. I feel like I should be interviewing you. It's about 3 years into doing I am Salt Lake podcast that I was ready to quit. I was ready to throw the towel in. And I, I didn't know what to do. I, didn't, I, I felt like I was alone. I, I, at that, again, at this time, I was doing the podcast solo. So everything I was doing, I was having to answer every email. I, had to, you know, I didn't have money to really have a web designer. So I was doing everything alone. And I was just like, what is the purpose of this? Why am I doing this? Uh, I started dating this, this girl named Chrissy who I'm currently married to and currently co-host the podcast. And she, one of the reasons I was attracted to her is because she actually did a podcast as well. So she, she was familiar with what I was doing. She did stand-up comedy here in Salt Lake City. And so I was like, this girl is awesome. And I started telling her about this conference called Podcast Movement. And I was like, look at this. Doesn't this look... Amazing to go hang out with all of these podcasters. And she's like, let's go. And I was like, okay, you and I, we've only been dating like six months. And now you're telling me, like, let's go to Chicago together to this podcast conference. Like, is that weird or should I do this? Right. And then to top it off, she's like, oh, let's go visit my family on top of it because her family was up in Wisconsin. And I'm like, we've only been dating for six months. What am I doing? I go, well, Worst comes to worst, I'll hitchhike home from Chicago, right? <laughs> I, well, I really did think that. I was like, well, anyway. So <laughs> went to podcast movement, and that, that's really what changed my whole podcasting outlook. That's, that Going to that conference saved my podcast because that was the moment I realized there really are no rules in podcasting. It's the Wild West. I mean, there are the basic rules, right, where you have the RSS feed and you, and, you know, you have your podcast up in Apple Podcasts and, you know, you have to have a show tonight or artwork. But it's, at the same time, there's no right or wrong way to do it as long as the end thing gets done, right? As long as people are able to listen to your podcast. So that really, like, helped solidify things. That helped me realize, okay, I need to go out there and hit up sponsors. I need to do this. If if I'm going to make something happen, I can't sit back and wait for people to come to me because that's, that's how I thought you did it. You just sit back, wait for sponsors to come to you. And so I, I started getting very proactive. Chrissy started getting more and more involved. Uh, She, she, Redid our website because that's what she's a web designer. And so she came out with this amazing website. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this girl. She rebranded it, came out with all the new logos, basically just made it look amazing. And I still felt, though, that something was missing from the podcast. And so I said, hey, why don't you come and co-host this with me? Why don't you come and do this with me? We weren't married yet though, Ben. And so I was very nervous because I was like, what if this doesn't work out? What if like this relationship doesn't work out? What if anything, right? I mean, it's, it's a scary thing when you're doing a podcast solo and then you want to bring somebody else in. And then that person that you bring in wants a little more responsibility. And then you have to say, Uh, okay we'll do this and then you worry is it going to be done right because you feel like you're the only one who could do things but uh so she started co-hosting with me and, and and really honestly i don't know how quickly it was but it was pretty quickly i was like all right this is the this is the missing link this is what i was missing with i am salt lake and now we're we're just this crazy powerhouse team that uh we podcast together now we we actually uh are, are helping people launch podcasts together. We started another podcast together. We go to podcast conferences together. Like, that's our vacation. Uh, it, it, we talk podcasts. Sometimes I'm just like, I think we should talk about something else besides podcasts. Uh, because <laughs> you're like, that's all we ever talk about. But uh, we have a lot of fun together. We've been uh, married for uh, two years in May and we have a one-and-a-half-year-old little baby together, and uh, we live right downtown Salt Lake City, and I'm just having the time of my life, man, doing doing what we do together.
0: So, are you now full-time working on the podcast?
1: So, yes and no. It's kind of a mixture of of a few things. So, Doing I Am Salt Lake podcast, we interview a lot of local businesses and a lot of local authors and a lot of local entertainer types. And when we would bring them into our podcast studio, they would start asking us questions like, well, how do I start a podcast? Right. Like, how do I get this going? How do I do this? And so I was like, well, I can help show you. And so I started showing a lot of people, helping a lot of people and i don't want to say abused me but i think a lot of people you like would take advantage of me and uh, a couple people were like you you know you know you could be charging for that right and i was like charge for that i was like i just want to help people podcast right like that i just i didn't really think a whole lot about it i just cuz i felt so alone when i started because i didn't really have any teachers i felt like it was my duty to help other people. Well, I was like, all right, I, I, you know, I'll charge a couple of dollars and start doing this. And, and uh, it kind of started, it just kind of snowballed into this kind of this coaching consultant, helping people, you know, whether they didn't have a podcast or they currently have a podcast. And then with getting my wife involved, she's a ux designer so she does all the she you know she's great with with all the you know, website stuff and the user experiences on people's websites and she's like studied logos and how to get the most attention in apple podcasts and all of that end so the branding the logos the artwork and then we bring that over into the podcast coaching so we've created this this business together there uh, podcastingiseasy.com is where you can see all of that information there. Uh, And then I also do like podcast editing for other podcasters. So it's kind of all these different funnels of bringing in, whether I I bring in sponsorship money from I Am Salt Lake. We also sell merchandise, mugs, and and T-shirts, and flasks, and shot glasses. We sell that, uh, mail order. And then we're also lucky because my brother has a couple of shops in the Salt Lake area, so we can do that. And then to make it even better, here Ben, I launched a beard oil company. You can see my luscious beard here in the video if you're watching the video.
0: Quite Uh, luscious for those on (laughs) audio, by the way.
1: I started that back in October, and and it's nothing big. I mean, you know, I sell sell some bottles here and there, but it's fun because I could talk about that on the podcast and get some orders that way. And then plus just being able to use my own beard oil. And so I kind of have my hands in a few different things, but it's kind of all started because podcasting has kind of opened up that, that, um, that door for me of, of meeting the right people and connecting to the right people and having an audience to sell my products to.
0: So when you were deciding on the different ways to monetize your show, how did you make those decisions? Like, how did you, how did you decide, okay, now I'm going to start the beard oil company and now I'm going to start, I mean, that one's obvious because of how luscious your beard is, but um, you know, start the beard um, oil, then do this thing, do that. Like what was the chronology and how did you make those decisions?
1: So, well, in the very beginning, I was the type that I just didn't want to ask people for money I had a PayPal button on my website and I want to believe I never asked for money. Maybe I did. Maybe I asked for a donation. I can't remember, but I started, you know, I would get a donation here and there and that was cool. But it would, again, it was like $20 here and maybe in two months, another $10. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But I was like, let's try some different things out. So I did a lot of trade in the beginning. I did, I traded with, with uh, like a local there's a local concert venue that I was like I reached out to them and I said hey what would you think about me talking about you on the podcast I'd say you're a sponsor but you give me some free concert tickets cuz I was like I'm already going there anyways to see these live bands and so they were like cool right okay that's great and then I approached like another place and actually it was a another another local beard oil company that I hit up and I was like hey give me some beard oil and I'll talk about you on the podcast And what really hit me was, and I can't remember the exact time, I want to say it was about three years, three to four years, somewhere in that time frame of my shift of podcast. I got approached by a local business that said, I want to sponsor your podcast, but I need to be able to write that check out to I Am Salt Lake, right? I can't write the check out to you. And so I was like, huh, I was like, I guess I got to turn this into a business. I got to go get this registered, right? But, you know, because, hey, I didn't. I'm, hopefully no, nobody's listening from the feds or anything. No, I'm kidding. But because I didn't register. I mean, I didn't have it registered as a business or any of that. And I know a lot of podcasters, like, register their business of their podcast before they even launch the first episode now. But it was at that moment I was like, wait a minute, this guy wants to write me a check, a pretty decent sized check but he needs to write it out to I am salt lake. And so I'm like, okay, I need to turn this into a business. And it is at that moment. I was like, I got to treat this like a business because I wanted to make something of it. And and there's nothing wrong with treating your podcast like a hobby or then there's nothing wrong with treating it like a business. But when I say treat it like a business, I'm like, let's get serious about this. Let's like really get serious on advertising, serious on booking people for the podcast making sure there's an episode that goes up on time every week and not you know you can't say no like if you have a job it's tough to call in sick so treat your podcast the same way is how i how i thought um but yeah so i got i got that license or i got got it registered as a business well actually thanks to my wife chrissy she took care of all that she's my my saving grace with all of that and then i just started Reaching out to businesses, Chrissy came up with this amazing media kit. Um, and you can actually see samples of that on our website at podcastingiseasy.com. But it, again, this is another thing as a podcaster, I didn't even know the first, like, how do I make a media kit? What do I say in the media kit? How much money do I ask for sponsorship? And again, this goes back to pushing the limits and pushing You know, back to my clowning days and back to my other entrepreneur adventures where I'm like, why are we thinking in this small box? Let's think outside this box. And so I did a lot of different trial and error. And I, I, I'll all, you know, Hey, okay, let's try this amount and see how many nibbles we get. Okay. Nobody liked that amount. Maybe it's too high. Let's go down. Let's try this sponsorship package. And. Try six months, eight months, one episode, whatever. Or maybe you just want to sponsor a Facebook post. Or maybe you just want to sponsor a Twitter post. And I think a lot of people that I see currently and a lot of people, uh, uh, people that I've worked with coaching is they, they want to do it exactly how other people are doing it. Because they see that and it's like, well, that worked for them. But how, how, how are you going to know what works for you without trying? And so that's kind of what I've had to do. And that's really been the whole thing is just trial and error. And I still, I mean, even the beard. I don't know. Maybe that will end one day. I don't know. Maybe I'll shave my beard off.
0: So now that you are here, right? Yeah. What, like, what are the next steps for you? Well, actually, hold on, hold on. Before we go there, can you take a second to really brag on some of the major accomplishments that you have achieved? as of right now, like really, really, you know, take a second to brag on yourself.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, I know I kind of skimmed over it, but if it wasn't for I am Salt Lake, I would have never met my wife, my current wife. And I think actually that's how, now that I think about it, I think that's how you and I connected. You made a post in Facebook and you were like something about, I forgot how you worded it, but I was like, I met my wife through, through this podcast. And a lot of people kind of perk their ears up on that. They're like, what? And it goes back to, because she did stand-up comedy here in Salt Lake City. I, I had my eyes on her because I'm like, I want to bring her on. I am Salt Lake to interview her, but I have a crush on her, right? And so I was a little shy, a little a little timid. But she And she knew of me because of the podcast. And it was eventually uh, one of those silly dating apps that we're like, okay, he's single, she's single. And it, we got kind of thrown away that way. But we knew of each other because... Of what each other did. And so, if it wasn't for this podcast, she probably would have never even messaged me to be 100% honest with you because I don't know. I just want to believe that she wouldn't have. But so, that, I mean, to me, that was probably one of my biggest accomplishments. I mean, I've had other amazing opportunities where uh, businesses have contacted me for being on commercials because. They look at me as like, you are Mr. Salt Lake. You are this like icon in the city, right? And so I'm like, well, that's cool. And I've won awards. I mean, we got I got best new podcast in 2012. That was like, again, that was when I started. So I'm like, okay, this is amazing. Last year, I got best podcast in Utah, which is a big accomplishment here in Utah because back to the beginning story uh, when I shared about the podcast that influenced starting a podcast was geek show and they have a huge following here locally and they usually win it. And so this year I pushed a little bit harder and I told all my listeners, I said, guys, I really need your vote for this. So, so that was a big accomplishment. I mean, even the opportunities of going to some of these amazing conferences, being able to help pay some of my bills through just the podcast, not the coaching, not the consulting, not the beard oil, not none, any of that stuff. But to actually be able to pay some of the bills from doing the podcast—I mean, that's amazing. Just the people I've met, man. Like I've done close to 400 interviews with people in Salt Lake City, and so I feel like anywhere I go, I—I I, I run into to uh, to a friend. I, you know, I consider them all friends. Uh, the connections that I've made uh, through doing it, um, the. But even the knowledge for the city I live in, I don't hate it here anymore. Right? Like I love it. Like I'm like Utah is an awesome place to live, and so and that's all because of of doing doing a podcast.
0: So for those people who they're hearing this and they're like, oh my goodness, I have to get in on this podcasting thing. Like it sounds amazing, and I highly recommend everybody do because podcasting is oh, yeah. awesome what are some of those first steps that you would suggest people take in order to get started on their podcasting journey?
1: Honestly, I would say start it. There is nothing more frustrating than when I hear from these people that feel like, oh, I need to have 15 episodes. Even, the, even this whole myth that you need to have three to five episodes, I think it stalls a lot of people it, it holds a lot of people back. I've, I've run into countless people that are like, well, I, I recorded two episodes like two years ago, but I never started the podcast. And I'm like, do you realize that if you would have at least launched one episode, that probably would have fueled your fire a little bit to actually do more. Now I understand. I mean, there's probably people listening that are like, well, you know, if you do five episodes, it helps you kind of realize, like, how much work it is. And I do realize that because doing a podcast is work. It You you do. You feel like it's a full-time job. But I, I just think that that becomes a deterrent. So even if you just start with one episode, I'm going to tell people that. Second is don't, like, listen to every recommendation. Do what you feel is the best thing. So often I think people – They go into. uh, I'm gonna. I keep using Facebook groups as an example, but that's a really popular uh, way a lot of people. I think start podcasting. I see it all the time where they're like, "Tell me how to do this," or "How did you grow your audience?" or "How did you start your podcast?" And it's like, even our podcasts here, Ben, are completely different. I mean, we you know we're we're doing it over the computer. I do mine in person uh you obviously you ask different questions you talk to different types of people you have a different audience so what works for you isn't going to work for me and so i mean i guess it's good to like get ideas and suggestions but i think too many people take too many of those ideas and suggestions to heart another another important thing and i'm going to say this right uh, off. this is this is a this was a big game changer for me is get rid of anybody on social media that you feel is holding you back. We all have those like imaginary people in our head where they're criticizing us or critiquing us, right? People that chances are they're not, but in our heads we're like, oh. And just for the sake of the recording, I'm gonna say, you know, my friend Joe over here is like, "If if I make this post on Facebook about my podcast, they're gonna make fun of me. So I can't talk about my podcast. Get rid of Joe. If Joe is just going to tear you down, get rid of him. And that took me a long time to figure that one out. I'm talking like up until the last few years. I had a lot of negative people on on social media that were telling me how to do my podcast. And if I would have gone back to the beginning and just gotten rid of them, much different show. So don't listen to the haters. Start your podcast with one episode, even if even if it's not the best because you're going to probably only have five listeners anyways. And, and remember to have fun and don't start a podcast for money. That's, that's what I tell people.
0: So let's give people a breakdown and I'm also interested in this, but I want to know like what equipment do you use? How do you pull it off from like hardware software perspective?
1: Well, I have a, I have a few different, um, a few different pieces of equipment, typically. So I have a nice Zoom L12 mixer board. I don't know if you've ever seen these things, uh, but they are they're an incredible piece of equipment. So I do have that to use, but typically, I just use a Zoom H6. I know it sounds crazy. I have a place to record. I have a recording studio, but to me that works the best because I record right on the Zoom H6. I take the SD card out of my Zoom H6. Put it into my laptop and I edit right in Audacity, man. I just put I just put the music, add the intro, clean up you know the ums and the ahs and the dead air and and I'm probably a little anal with that, but it is what it is. And yeah, I, yeah so I use Audacity to edit. I've actually just recently started using Hindenburg, so I do have to give credit to that. But I'm not I'm not full time using Hindenburg to to put the intros and outros and sponsor reads. But, uh, and then the microphones I use are just ATR 2100 microphones, which I'm using here today. Really simple setup, man. I, I, that's one thing I've never really spent money on. i I've, I've not the tech side of podcasting. I've just never really cared a whole lot because to me, I see just as successful people with $500 mics as I do with $50 microphones.
0: So, Chris, I want to thank you so much for uh, being on the show and, and sharing your story. Uh, just have a few more questions for you, and then, then we can wrap on up. Sure. Um, what is your philosophy on developing deep, genuine, and meaningful human connection?
1: Be present? So often, I think a lot of people – when they're in you know, situations of spending time with friends or spending times with their loved ones, they're not fully present. There's so many distractions. And I know I'm horribly guilty of this. I've gotten a lot better where it's like, if you're going out to dinner with a friend or you're going out to dinner with your wife or husband, put your phone down. You're gonna get a deeper connection. You got that person right in front of you. Pay attention to every word they say because you don't know what they might be able to teach you, right? Uh so yeah, I think I think that's my answer. Be present.
0: What is your greatest theory?
1: My greatest theory? Uh, I might have to pass this one. I, I don't really have it. I, I couldn't say I even have one, or I'd have I'd have to think about that one.
0: So wait, do you want to pass or do you want to think about it? Oh!
1: Well, I mean, let me think about it. Let's pass it. Let me think about it in case I can go back to it because nothing really comes to mind
0: on that. What is your biggest fear?
1: My biggest fear is dying alone and nobody will remember me. Why? Um, I really don't know. I I really couldn't tell you why I feel that way, but it's I have this weird fear of, that when I die, nobody's going to show up to my funeral. Nobody's going to remember me. And I think that even goes, I mean, maybe that's why I do a lot of what I do, because I want to leave something behind, right? I want to make sure my voice is left behind. I want people to remember that I made them laugh when I did made balloon animals. Um, I just want people to remember me. And I, I, I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's a good question. Now I'm going to go ask my therapist. Why? Why do I?
0: when when we were talking about you know your your life and you know your business your professional life your personal life uh is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that we didn't talk about like what did i miss um i don't think i mean i kind of you
1: know I shared a lot of my story of of homeschooling, going through a divorce, going through all these life changes. I I really don't think I I uh, missed anything crazy important. Obviously, in an hour, it's hard to really go over forty one years of your life, but I I really don't think I you missed anything all that important.
0: And you know, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Last question for you: Um, I'm twenty four. Sure. And I have a couple different businesses, but this show is my greatest passion. And knowing that, what question should I be asking you that I wouldn't think to ask?
1: Well, you know, this is a fun question. I ask every episode that I do of I am so Like I started this uh it might've been a couple of years now. And actually I got this from a, a podcast I listened to called the solopreneur hour. I don't know if you've ever listened to that show Ben, but he asks, what did your childhood smell like? And every time I ask the person that it's such interesting responses because a lot of people don't know how to answer that. When you ask them, it's really a simple question. If you think about it, like, what are some of the smells that you remember from your childhood? And I love opening up my interviews that way because you can usually find so much out about somebody by asking them that question.
0: Well, that begs the question then. What did your childhood smell like?
1: <laughs> and I knew you were going to ask that. But my childhood smelled like a mixture of the ocean and farm animals because I grew up with a lot of goats and chickens and ducks, but I grew up about a five to 10 minute walk from the beach. And so I had that ocean air coming coming in my my windows and just outside. So mixture of ocean air and, and farm animals.
0: That's a great question. And when, <laughs> when you, when you pose that question, I immediately had an answer. It's, it's crazy. Like it pops up in your head and it's.
1: But oh, you'd I be surprised how many people me. don't know how to answer that. And I forgot he's, he, my, On the podcast, when he mentioned it, he gave this whole theory on like how a person answers it, tells you this or that from a person. And I can't remember what that is, but I just love asking that because it throws a lot of people even for a curveball because they're not expected to be asked that question.
0: Well, it actually made me, gave me the the (laughs) sense of a, you know, a a very fond memory. So I want to thank you for, uh, for.
1: Yeah, feel free to use it, man. You should ask your people that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question. Um, so again, Chris, I want to thank you so so much for coming on the show. Um, you know, I really do appreciate the time we've spent together. And uh, it's really, really been an honor to, to hear your story and to get to chat with you. Um, so seriously, man, thank you very much.
1: Thank you for letting me uh, come here and chat with you for a little bit. I, it's the honor. I, I mean, you, you have a great podcast here. So thank you.
0: Well, you know, thanks again. And to everybody who's listening, I want to thank y'all because uh, y'all are the reason that I do this. And, and your support, whether you're watching or listening, um, you know, really means a lot to me. And, and I really can't thank you enough because y'all are the best. So I love you guys. Thank you very much. Chris, you want to wrap us up?
1: You want say that again? You want to wrap this up?
0: Yeah. Drop a tagline or do something cool or, you know, however you want to wrap up.
1: Well, this is how I end every uh, episode of the podcast is get out and enjoy the city that you live in, support local, and we'll see you on the next episode, right?
0: And on that note, we'll end it there. So thanks, guys. That'll be
1: <laughs> one.